Time to abandon ship. Can I persuade you to join us for a drink? It's a tradition. Here, here. Jar Jar, homie, my main man. Quickly, before the Separatists attack, get into the escape pod. Hey, this is escape. Then where the pod? Get the Welcome back to Star Wars Escape Pod. I'm your host, Josh, and today we got Diego back with us again for another episode of uh, Clone Wars Talk. Uh, we got three episodes that we're going to be chatting about today. Uh, that includes uh, Grievous Intrigue, The Deserter, and Lightsaber Lost. That's episodes 209 through 211, uh, numbers 36 through uh, 38 on the list. Uh, so a lot of... Uh, cool stuff to talk about there we got a lot going down um so uh let's uh let's let's get down to the cantina and uh we'll uh we'll talk with uh, diego right there over a drink shall we Another happy landing. Welcome back. Thanks, man. Good to be back. Oh, first yeah, time always. first time doing the podcast in this manner where we usually do it where i'm over at your place but now we're doing it through skype and discord and now we're doing we're using all the technology technological routes so it's, it's oh, interesting yeah. we, we're yeah. using the hollow net all over the place mm-hmm. links, everything yeah yeah <laughs> now uh like now the reason for this of course is all the the virus stuff going on but uh, you know, we had to spend a good two hours today just uh, trying to get all this set up. Actually, if yeah. you count all the time in between watching Clone Wars and uh, you know everything else, it's 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 likely to uh, you know bring it up to like three hours, I guess, of setup. But you know, I think we got something yeah. good going down here. All right. I'm like looking at you through Skype. I'm hearing you through Zencaster or whatever, and uh, and I'm uh, communicating you through discord watching clone wars live through discord stream and we're using <laughs> audition to record yeah. this show so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh and another there's an there's a backup software running in the background called filmora which is also which is also uh you know there for for a backup just capturing capturing everything it can so um yeah. anyway <laughs> we got like a ton of clone wars to talk about here so uh we got um uh we got three episodes and uh we've both been grabbing a ton of notes but um i don't know first off just how's your week how's your week uh it was good it was good uh still still very very different from the norm you know like everyone's quarantining even if you're sick or not sick it's just kind of like what do i do with my life but you know you can always listen to star wars podcasts so you know there's always that but um yeah, I mean, it, it's been good. It's been good. Uh, what about yours? 
Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's, uh, you know, working from home now and everything. So, yeah, um, you know, that's it is what it is, right? Like just situation being fortunately I have a desk job. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Easy yeah. to adapt. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, now hopefully the Internet, the Internet uh, doesn't, you know, kind of crap out on us here. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that this the only time I've ever done an Internet call before uh was with uh we had somebody on the show from the uk uh his name was ian uh awesome dude and uh we we chat we've chatted twice now about uh some star wars book related material but um we've done that through skype and uh but it's been a pretty simple process right like it's just kind of me and then uh him and uh we've had a third party join us as well but then you just kind of record the skype call and things just kind of work but uh you know in the situation where we are trying to simultaneously sync up and watch a TV show together and then talk about it and get the highest quality possible. Then, you know, it's a little more difficult. So yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, first, first episode off, we had uh, grievous intrigue. Um, so now it brought a bunch of Jedi into the fold that we've seen before in attack of the clones. Uh, Eve Koth, I think was, was possibly present in the Geon ocean arena. And um, Addy Gallia's popped up here and there through the live the live movies and the prequels, um, and I think we've very we've we, I think this is the first time that we actually heard her voice, but I think maybe we've seen her in the background in the Clone Wars so far. But th- this time you actually really got her kind of up front and center. You got to see her in action. Um, big episode duology with uh, Grievous here, like as a, mm-hmm. a two part two part arc. Um, and, uh, just like off the bat, you know, uh, Anakin and, and Obi-Wan and Cody and, uh, Addy Gallia have to rescue Ethcoth from, uh, General Grievous's, uh, clutches. Uh, he's a hand signaled to them over the hologram that, um, that he's, you know, where he is kind of thing in space. And they perform this kind of plan to, to get him out. But what did you think of this episode? I liked it. Um, I think it's, it's in the show you really start to see just a lot more of the characters that in the live action films we don't really get to see a whole lot and it kind of brings more of a background to everyone more so like grievous like we really only see him episode three and you know he died he dies but like through the clone wars we really get to see okay who is he all about you know he's he's quite the he's quite the villain and he's actually really good at escaping and all that stuff right but uh, it's just yeah, little things like that that I'm starting to pick up through the show that they just really, it really kind of brings it all together. And it's nice to see how just the attention to detail that Lucas and his team have always had. And in this show, it, it just really shines through for me. So yeah, it's totally. Like, it's nice to see that. A um, couple notes that I have here. Um, there's a scene in this episode where Yoda is talking and he mentions that his technology, that the or not his, uh, the Jedi's technology, uh, rather, is, uh, it, it fails them sometimes, and it ma- he makes it seem like they're lagging. But I'm wondering, because a li- little bit of a theory here, I may be going a little off track, but because my theory on Palpatine is, is that he ha- he's like a crazy mastermind the whole, behind everything, right? He's on both sides. He knows what's going on either end. So I'm wondering... The Jedi, because they don't know, uh, could it be that their just technology isn't up to par? Is it just faulty, like just by design, or could it be that the interference 
through, you know, the separatists and the droid army and all this stuff. Is that an interference that's being done like knowingly through someone else? Uh, I just, I find it interesting that, you know, these are the keepers of the peace. They're supposed to be, you know, at par with everything, but they're yeah. not, they're not technologically advanced, like, you know, the Sith and the separatists and all that. So I find, yeah, I find I that interesting for Yoda uh, to say that. Right. Yeah. It was this at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think it was when they were just after um, Master Master Koth's, um did his little hand signal um, message, like over the um, uh, the hologram. Yeah, like, yeah, I think I think it was around there. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I think I yeah I think I know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, no, that's an interesting theory. Um, like I, I definitely buy into that, or or even the fact that maybe the Republic doesn't have enough money to kind of, you know, update to the latest stuff, right? Uh, Could because, be. Uh, yeah, because there are. Uh, I don't think we've got to that point in the show yet, but um, but uh, later on in the show, they kind of talk about deregulating the banks and, um, you know, the the fact that the government just doesn't have the money to keep the war going, kind of thing, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it's more or less at this point, you know, it comes, it becomes a, a, a big political thing, but, um, but yeah, like it's, it's very likely that, you know, the Republic is like a little behind on, uh, on its stuff and, you know, and war in reality, like war kind of advances technology, right? Cause mm-hmm. you know, countries and stuff, they, they innovate, right? Like they, yeah. you know, like th- it's through war that gave us, you know, nuclear technology, right? You, so, you have to, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it gave us the nuclear bomb and, yeah. uh, you know, many, many different types of warcrafts, tanks, weapons, you know, they were all innovated uh, because of of war. Right. And yeah. uh, another big part of that is uh, a means to communicate, uh, whether it be, you know, walkie talkies using radio frequency or Morse code or whatever. Right. Like it's always yeah. one thing or the next. So, uh, you know, when when Yoda talks about technology in the sense of uh uh you know whichever he was he was talking about there it, it you know to I, I, to me i think oh that's that's incredibly realistic because you know technology is a big part of star wars and and yeah. kind of like a lot of the ships and weapons that we do see advance through the nine part saga that we have at this point uh with the additional spin-offs and tv shows and whatever um like you do see stuff change like you see a lot of the design schemes change and all this and that so yeah no that's a, that's a really good point um yeah yeah for sure but um, um yeah what's what's your next one um uh, my next one here uh sorry i just gotta read through my chicken scratch um oh yeah so Another thing I noticed with Master Koth, again, another Jedi that we really don't see a whole lot of, um, but it's funny, he's a master, right? And he's fighting Grievous and his, uh, those staff droids, right? Mm. Uh, and they're just, they're just dominating him and he gets captured. Now, whether that was willingly or not, uh, for, you know, for the sake of, you know, the Republic and trying to gain some information or winning the war or whatever, um, that, that's, that's you know something else but just his skill during the fight like for being a master you'd think okay well he's got four staff droids on him he's got grievous in front of him 
uh, you know, where's the force powers? Like, you know, if, if it were me as a Jedi, like they're droids, they're attacking you. I know you're as a Jedi, you know, the keepers of the peace and they try not to kill and all that stuff. But in this point, it's a matter of self-defense. And that's one thing I've never, I've never really understood with certain Jedi because some of them, they do kind of, you know, hold their own in, in those scenarios. But like, uh, you know, for being a master, like I, I think that was a pretty poor uh, display of uh, of power there because you know he's he's f- trying to fight off five guys at this point. He's not using his force powers whatsoever, and yeah. it's like you know he had ample opportunity to just you know maybe force grab one droid, throw him, throw him into the other droids, and then he can take on Grievous, but he doesn't, he doesn't show that. So I've, I've, I thought like, hmm, it's interesting for a master. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely yeah. not, a, he's not exactly, uh, you know, an Obi-Wan Kenobi, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean. Um, I think, uh, actually, well, first off, like the way that this episode kind of started off was, uh, what you doing there? I'm pouring my water. uh the way that this episode started off was um uh was was pretty like off the bat just like super action-packed like you know from the from the get-go like you know grievous kind of takes ethkoth's ship and uh you know and he cuts that hole in the door and then like that thing slams open and takes out those two clones behind ethkoth like that was super cool and then you know he jumps in well all the uh uh the commando droids and stuff just like wreck all the clones and mm-hmm. you know and then uh when greaves comes in it's like oh here he is you know like yeah uh yeah and this is kind of like the second grievous centric um uh, i guess the grievous centric episode that we've seen because i think the last one that kind of more or less focused on him was that one with uh, kit fisto and uh grievous's lair when they go mm-hmm. into like Grievous's house, basically, and mm-hmm. start yeah. chasing them around the halls and everything, and trying to yeah. kill them, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That's kind of like the last kind of Grievous centric episode we've seen. So it's been a while since we've seen him, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I feel like, uh, like, yeah, like Ethkoth's like a power is definitely not exactly rivaling other Jedi masters, but um, yeah, you know, and he definitely has like a different kind of vibe about him. Like he wears like a man dress right yeah <laughs> yeah he wears a mandra very traditional looking um yeah i don't really know what to say about the guy he's just he's just kind of kind of kind of out there a little bit yeah um, it seems to me like one of those guys who really lives by the jedi code and by the book like just follows everything you know as per protocol whereas some guys like anakin for example is like complete opposite like he'll follow it to a degree, but then when he needs things to get done, it's like, okay, let's, you know, kick it into Mm -hmm. gear here. Let's actually do something and get done. And he gets results. Right. But then you look at certain Jedi, like, you know, uh, Obi-Wan in a sense, I guess he kind of, kind of lives by the book, but sometimes like, I think more so with Obi-Wan, he's kind of, sometimes he, he, he gets pulled into the whole, like wing it kind of, uh style just by yeah. kind of association with Anakin so it, just because of the scenarios that they're both in at the same time together mm-hmm. um but like yeah like Eth Koth just sounds just looks like the type of Jedi that's just kind of very you know yeah process by process by process kind of guy 
Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, um, uh, the other thing, um, I think I was going to mention was, uh, the rivalry between Obi-Wan and Grievous. Like, okay. Obi-Wan yeah. And Grievous. Yeah. So like, we got a lot of nods to that in this episode, you know, because yeah. uh, like Obi-Wan's got this plan to kind of distract Grievous while, um, Anakin, you know, sneaks aboard and rescues Ethcoth, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's definitely, he's definitely kind of, um, you know, and we got some good lightsaber action going on, but yeah. he's got this really interesting conversation that he has with Grievous during the fight where he says, um, he's talking to, he's basically like ragging on Grievous for like, you know, being kind of like a, a monster, but just basically, you know, pointing it out as it is right. Like, you know, like he's just, just this mechanical being, uh, with, you know, leading an army with, with, uh, with no spirit and no loyalty, yeah. Uh, you know, and then he says, like, what have you to gain? You know, like, like, he's just, he's just kind of, kind of in, not, not straight up just insulting. He's more or less just pointing out the obvious. He's more or less just p- pointing out the obvious of like, um, of, uh, you know, Grievous, like leading a droid army that really has no character at all. Right. Totally. Um, yeah. And, and it's just, uh, it it just further kind of shows Grievous is just like a monster who's let this greed and power just ruin him as time has gone by. Because from from the first episode that we've seen, kind of his inner character, it's it's uh, it's been this really um, kind of powerful war. He was a really powerful warrior at one point, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, where he had all the statues of kind of his previous self, and um, uh, when Kit Fisto you know, went into his lair and everything. So we saw all his Padawan braid trophies of all the, the Jedi he's killed and all the lightsabers and, yeah. And, you know, and, and, uh, Kif Pesto has this one line in that, in that episode uh, where he says, you may have been a proud warrior once. Uh, and then he goes on to continue, but, but he kind of like references the fact that like, okay, yeah, Grievous, you know, at one point he was this proud warrior and now he's just like this cowardly, you know, mechanical, more, more, more machine than man, so to speak, you know, kind of paraphrasing there, but, um, and who leads an army that's worth nothing. Like he's, this, this guy is just, just, you know, kind of the, uh, the foreshadowing of, um, of what Vader's going to be, you know, he's a proud, be proud warrior in the clone wars, but, um, but, you know, you flash forward a couple of years and, like his greed uh, for for power has made him has brought him down this path of being this mechanical uh, monster, right? That that mm-hmm. everyone's afraid of. But uh, and you know, Vader's no coward in comparison to Grievous. But uh, but he does lead uh, an army of of just kind of like brainwashed people, right? Like there's a lot yeah. of stormtroopers in the Empire who definitely uh would you know we could probably say are working for the empire with you know mindless loyalty no yeah. no better than a droid right yeah um uh in a way so yeah uh, yeah it's an interesting kind of like parallel there um but uh that's that's kind of like what i got um yeah my note on that is actually pretty much the same i just wrote down like uh during that segment it it almost Grievous kind of wants you to think that he has all this power, but in reality, he doesn't really. I mean, 
can he wield a lightsaber? Yeah. Has he killed guys? Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, I think it's just, he's in, he's living in a shadow of his former self kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, I, it's pretty much the exact same thing. Like, he, yeah, that's pretty much, that's pretty much it for me on that one. Um, yeah. I wrote down another note that it was uh, like all those videos I was telling you that I was watching the other day. Um, mm-hmm those fan films but I, i'm, I'm going to bring that up towards the end of the podcast once we yeah, get sure. past the episode so i'll i'll go back to that page um yeah but for for that first episode of this uh uh two-part arc i've got uh i've got nothing else on that one <clears throat> yeah that's fair yeah um yeah no um and at the well at the end of the episode i just want to say this is that um he's a coward you know, it just, yeah. it just brings yeah. it brings a lot more meaning to a little like Samuel Jackson's. Uh, I, lo- I love how I call him Samuel Jackson, not Mace Windu half the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's just, he's just Samuel Jackson in Star Wars. Uh, it, it is, it is, it is. It is, yeah. It's like, but he goes, uh, General Grievous will run and hide as he always does. He's a coward. <laughs> <laughs> he's a coward. Uh, yeah. So yeah, he runs away. And, you know, because of running away, uh, his ship kind of ends up in a bit of a collision course uh, heading for Solukamai, um, yeah. and he crash lands on the planet down there. But uh, which leads into the next episode where Grievous needs to get to one of the surviving escape pods um, for uh, there's a bunch of um, uh, I think what is it gonna? It's either it's either a, an escape pod where he's got um, another batch of uh, of droids that um, that uh, have have landed there safely mm-hmm. and uh they have the communications or whatever to like pick them up in a shuttle or something like that um but uh, anyway this is the episode where we meet um cut laquane or cut laquaid uh the deserter yeah and uh yeah and this episode is called the deserter um but uh yeah it basically starts out with the republic trying to trying to chase down grievous on uh, the surface of uh, salukamai so further chasing Right off the bat, more action. Uh, Rex is leading a little squad, and uh, he gets uh, shot. He gets shot, nailed right through the chest, and yep. taken to medical evac. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, just before that, uh, Cody has a little interesting line here, uh, which kind of like leads into the rest of the episode. But um, like Cody, as as Rex zooms off on the speeder, did you notice Cody said uh, that? Uh, uh, Rex is a smart man, uh, and then some. Either him or Obi Wan said, uh, "Oh, yeah, it's always thinking on his feet or whatever." Right? It's just yep. just a little like compliment, right? Yeah. Uh, well, it always makes me think. You know, it always makes me think uh, just how different each one of these men are. You know, like like all the all the clones are very different people, and um, even though they all got the same, you know, brain and body and you know everything, right? What happens yeah. on the inside is uh is completely different right so yep. um you know for for one clone to say oh wow you know he's a, he's a smart guy always thinking on his feet right like i don't know it's basically it's you know it's it's different than looking at in the mirror and telling yourself that right like you're not telling yourself you don't look in the mirror and go you know what i'm looking really good today like Mm-hmm. yeah i'm having a good day i'm looking really fine and in fact yeah. i'm a smart guy you know you don't stand in front of the mirror and and like do that well at least not a lot of people do but yeah you know, if you do then uh good feel but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh you know like yeah like i love how he how he throws that little compliment out there yeah. and 
it always makes me think it's like man like even though they're they all look the same they all kind of admire things about each other and they're all different people because of it um mm -hmm. they all have different traits right yeah. and um we meet jesse the medic um and uh, uh do you have anything that kind of leads before before the house before uh, the house yeah, before uh, they get to the farm yeah so when grievous oh sorry my my knee just popped um when grievous uh lands and he's uh he's with those droids and they're they're uh kind of marching their way they're using that compass right there and those droids shut down you remember that part yeah. um so uh on that you we notice uh Grievous is on the same creature uh as that we see in episode two when uh that Anakin and Padme ride on on uh Geonosis just before mm -hmm. the big battle there uh, I forget the name of the creature but um it just kind of stuck out to me because like what like how 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 did he find that creature he just kind of hopped on it and then it was like oh okay well he has one of those again uh, yeah 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 so. uh yeah well what's what's those creatures again i forget what they're called like they're they're like the bull the bull looking thing right the bull oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um it like looks. It definitely looks similar to that. Are you talking about the reek? Like one of the 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 rhinoceros looking guy from or creature from uh, Geonosian Arena? Yeah, that's what I'm here. I'm just googling it. Uh, see if it's the same one. Yeah. So yeah, the reek. But like, if you look at the episode, it looks pretty much identical. At least it did to me. Mm. Um. Yeah. But it was cool to see that a little. Little homage back to uh, episode two there. Um, yeah, on hmm. but before that, uh, kind of around the same time in the episode, we see some clones on some speeders again. Very similar. Uh, I'd say in this particular episode, they're more similar to the ones we see um, in episode six. Excuse me on uh, on Endor there. Uh, because like the ones we see in this episode, they're a little, they look a little more flat, and uh, they're very similar to the ones on Endor. I'll see if I can pull up a picture here. Um, mm -hmm. um, yeah, the speeders. Um, I think we had this conversation. I think at one point where the speeders, like uh, a lot of ships in the in the Republic, definitely resemble uh some of the ships during uh, the the age of the empire because there's yeah. a bit of an evolution in technology of course and then also the design scheme so you know the most obvious is uh in the uh, the helmets you know the from the clone trooper phase one all the way up until the stormtrooper and even uh, beyond that into the first order stormtrooper uh there's there's definitely this like clear evolution of of change between um that faction but uh yeah so the uh so the z4 z speeder bike is the one that the scout troopers from endor used yeah um and uh, most of the republic troops use the bark speeder so br uh, or b-a-r-c uh and then speeder um and that that's the uh the primary kind of speeder used by uh, by the Republic in, in, in most cases, at least. Yeah. Um, but you can see the differences too in them. 
like yeah, a lot of similarities a lot of similarities in the handles i'd say but like the just that outline of the whole uh theater is very different um yeah yeah but like the silhouettes kind of there the the scout trooper one the the z the uh sorry the the 74 z is definitely slimmed down a little more than yeah than the bark but um but yeah you can see kind of like you know the the silhouette kind of remains similar a little bit yeah. you know yeah yeah but um anyhow um yeah so the uh uh so they get to the house right and um the uh the the twi'lek opens the door yeah um the 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 pink twi'lek and um you know, and her, her, she's got kids and everything like that. And, you know, the clones ask for a place to stay for the night to look after Rex and, uh, Rex meets these kids. And the first thing they say when they see him is, uh, you look like my daddy. Like that, that was kind of like the first red red flag. I was like, Oh, I remember the first time I saw the episode, I was really confused. Like I, I, I did not know what to expect, you know, when, when they come out of the house, uh, saying that Rex looks like their dad because Uh there's, there's three of them or four of them in the room that kind of look like, you know, they all look the same. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, she just, their first, the first person that they see, I guess is Rex. Right. And then they, now they say, they point out the resemblance and Uh it's not until we actually meet cut LaQuaine that, um, that you realize like, Oh, this guy's a clone. Like, you know, he's a, he's a deserter. Um, and, he has some pretty interesting conversation with Rex about the fact that, uh, uh, that, um, you know, they're all individuals with inner thoughts and, and feelings. And, um, you know, it's, uh, there's, there's, there's actually a lot of stuff to talk about there. Uh, like one of the quotes that I wrote down was, uh, uh, we may be clones, but, uh, we're still individuals. Um, and, uh, you know, they go on about talking about, uh, you know, the fact uh, that they have, um, names and, and, um, you know, uh, what was it again? I think they, they talked about, um, uh, what they believe in. And Rex was saying that, uh, I believe in the war because if I was, if I wasn't a part of it, then there would be an evil that I wouldn't even dare to imagine of. And Mm then, um, (laughs) The, yeah, the, the deserter says, um, "Sorry, I have it written on the back here." He says, yeah, he says, "I'm part of the most pivotal moment in the history of the Republic." Yeah, yeah, and and he says, well, "I'll be fighting a war that will affect uh, our children, their children's children," and you know, um, and he's kind of arguing with Cut about the fact that uh, that you know, like being a deserter is a bad thing, right? Like yeah. he's, he thinks he's still in the boat of like, okay you just left your duty kind of thing. He's like, what's up with that, bro? Yeah. Um, but you know, cut, uh, cuts on, cuts on the other, like he's, he's kind of like standing in a different pair of shoes and, and Rex asks him about a little later, but, um, uh, there's something, there's something here that he kind of like, like cut kind of, it cut knows what's in Rex's inner thoughts. Like what like, he knows what's on Rex's heart. So like when he asks Rex about, um, he said, uh, I've seen the way you look at my family, you know, um, you know, I, uh, you can't tell me that, you know, 
I'm just paraphrasing here, but but he he basically says like you can't tell me what uh, that you haven't thought about what your life would look like uh, mm-hmm. if you ever left, right? If you ever left, yeah, yeah. And uh, and Rex is like, no, no, I haven't, I haven't thought about it. He's like, yes, you have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then and then he's like, because I'm the closest thing that any life form anywhere in the galaxy is ever going to get to you, like like. Yeah. You know, because they're clones, right? Like, you know, they, they've got the same genes, like the same DNA. And like, that doesn't mean they're all the same identical person, but um, they're all different in their own respect. But at the same time, like, he knows what it's like uh, to live as a clone. And mm-hmm. I'm, and he knows that that it's, you know, probably run through a lot of their heads, right? Mm-hmm. Which, uh, you know, and in their later conversation, like... Um, you know, Rex asks about how uh, how he came to Salukamai, right? Like how he how he basically became a deserter, and um, you know, and he was saying how you know their their ship, like, well, there was a battle and their ship crashed or whatever. There was there was something about that, and how they started making their way through the wounded, killing them off. And he's got this really kind of sad line that he says, which really kind of st- stands out to me every time. And he says. Uh, he says, I was just one more expendable clone fighting in a war that made no sense to me. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, man, like, it's, it's so true. Like, like all these people are just bred to fight a war that they, for a galaxy that they haven't even lived in. Like, the, the only time that they've lived in this galaxy is while the war has been going on. And the only point of why they're alive is because of the war. And their only purpose in life is to just fight and die for a government that they've never benefited from, you know, for, for, for any planet that they can ever call home. Like Camino is the closest thing that they can call home. And they hate those Caminoans. Like they yep. hate the fact that they're just clones and that they're treated with disrespect and, you know, and that they're given numbers, right? Like they're not, they're not looked upon as people in, in, in the, the eyes of the Caminoans. Right. And um, the clones give each other the names. Like it's the clones that assign each other their nicknames, right? Like Rex or or Cut or Jesse or Cut Up or Fives or Heavy, you know, like all the different clones that we were Cody, right? Captain Commander Cody, like all the different clones that have all these different names, like that we've met across the last almost two seasons at this point. Like it's really starting to, you know, stand out Mm -hmm. that um, they are all people. Like with real hearts and real heads, and you know their own individuality, and um, and this one clone has realized that, um, hey, like I'm just expendable, like and and you know, and he he ran away to avoid being killed off with the uh, amongst the wounded, but um, but uh, you know, and it's just like it's just he's just got a sad story, right? So the the fact that he's a deserter is definitely it's not exactly something that he chose to make initially. Um, not like that very, one of the verse, very, very first few episodes that we watched, there was a clone that uh, betrayed the Republic and sabotaged uh, the Republic's forces on, on um, uh, Christophsis um, and uh, uh, slick was his name. Yeah. And uh, so he's not like slick. He's not like, he, he's not just intentionally left the Republic, right? Like this is a guy who is, you know, the Republic has basically failed him. And, um, you know, as a clone, he's, he's just done what he can to survive, but uh, then he's basically just been abandoned, right? Like nobody's come, coming to rescue one 
one clone, at least as far as the military is concerned, um, which is where Plo Koon's kind of little ordeal that he has at one point in season one there where he says, uh, your life is more valuable to me than than any, uh, you know, ship or whatever. Uh, it was in the malevolence arc. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, it just, it just like, it's always, I love how the show just always goes back to that you know, thing about the clones being clones, right? Because it's such a bypass in the movies. Like it, you just don't really, they're just people in the background, right? Yep. So yeah, like, I don't know. Like, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I mean, exactly that. I mean, kind of rewinding back into their conversation there, there's a there's a point where um, uh, back when Rex is saying, uh, you know, they, they believe he, or sorry, he believes that the war he's fighting in is, you know, it's, it's necessary and I'm doing my part. Uh, otherwise there wouldn't, there'd be such an evil that I, I couldn't even imagine of. Right. But then our deserter here, he says, yeah, but are you saying that or are you just saying what you're programmed to believe? And when mm-hmm. I heard that, I'm like, wow, that's, if you think about it, they're, they're like, like you said, they're all they are, are just pawns of, yeah of you know this war they're they're just there to kill and to be killed they Mm -hmm. other than that uh you know aside from that they don't really have any other purpose to the republic to the empire whatever they're just well and what's even more sad is that they're not even just bred for defending the republic they are bred for a higher secret purpose which is in the end to uh, serve Palpatine. Exactly. Right? So it even, it, it depthens the layer of sadness that you feel for these, these people. Yeah. Like it, yeah. it really makes you think like if you put yourself in their shoes, at least in the, the few clones that we we've seen so far that say, Hey, is this really all worth it? They start to get that sense of like, Oh, well, I mean, I don't want to just be another pawn. I don't want to, I don't want to be another statistic. I, I don't want to be another tick on the death count, right? Yeah. You know, I just want to, I just want to kind of do my own thing and perhaps live a life that I've never gotten the chance to. I've never been exposed to it. I don't know any better. All I know is how to kill and be killed. I don't know anything else. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, it's kind of a sad way of living because, it, like you said, I mean, these guys, these clones are just bred from the beginning off of Django Fett. They have no no mother, no father. They just have themselves. So they don't they really don't know any better. And it's I could see how if if I was in that situation, it's extremely easy to get brainwashed. But then you know, if you somehow veer off from that and you kind of start thinking for yourself, like, yeah, there's there's gotta be a lot more to this. And we start to see more clones who think that way. And it's it, yeah. it does. It does really kind of make it more relatable, because mm-hmm. it, it 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 must be tough being in that in that scenario. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. But another yeah. thing to add to that is yeah. in that conversation, uh, when he says, "You know, are you being programmed to think like that?" You think about it. Oh yeah, they're fighting a- amongst the Republic. You know, they're they're good guys, quote unquote, mm-hmm. and in in this scenario. But, you know, come episode three, we're ready to the Sith. Palpatine says, execute Order 66. And bam, every clone we ever known up until this point, like whether they were great, you start to develop a relationship with them. You think, oh, wow, like these guys, 
they're stand-up dudes like nope just kill everyone at the flick of a button you know yeah. snap of a finger and they're 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 turned like they're yeah they're exactly done, yeah. you know so yeah. <clears throat> So actually, later on in the show, it uh, in the Clone Wars, they they uh, they address that. Like they they talk about um, the reason behind why Order sixty six works, and like kind of um, how uh, how it's even possible that some of these clones who have built up really solid friendships and relationships with these Jedi, yeah, uh, how they're all just kind of brainwashed into like in a matter of three seconds, right? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it actually it the show does a uh, they do a I think it's a five or is it's either four to six episodes arc um, just about that it's wow. it's about it's about the un yeah there uh, I don't want to give too much away at all but mm-hmm. um, but yeah there's there's actually a dedicated um, four to five episodes or whatever it is uh, just around that particular subject. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it is, it is very, 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 very cool where the show takes it. Um, there's also, uh, um, um, one, one episode I'm giving too much away. Oh my goodness. No, 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 uh, no. If, if you're going to give out to, I want to hear it. Like, you know, yeah. Okay. All right. There's, yeah. there's one episode where they do talk about, um, Sifo-Dyas, which is a name that they dropped in episode two, which nobody knew what the heck anyone was talking about in that conversation. Yeah. Um, it was just a name that just kind of went away and faded away with time. Uh, and, you know, I think like years ago, like I think you and I speculated about Saifa Diaz and we thought like, oh, 10 years ago, uh, was that Qui-Gon? Was that like a nickname for Qui-Gon Jinn maybe, yeah. or something yeah, like I that, right? Like, yeah. and, and like, you know, that's for the longest time, like we had no answer in terms of like who Saifa Diaz was, right? Yeah. Um, and uh you know, and and so they do address that too. Like that, that is also something in the show. There's a, an entire single episode dedicated just to that as well. Yeah, um, and uh, it is amazing how much coverage season six um, uh, does in terms of um, unveiling all these all these uh, secrets. So uh, that's that's kind of towards the end of the show. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, just like. You know, it, it like in the beginning here, just getting to know all these characters. Um, like I got to say, like like they're doing a great job at, you know, creating this relationship between viewers and uh, and these kind of background characters. Almost, you know, like yeah. like to me, like Cody to me was a uh, was a background character. Like he had like what like three lines of dialogue in the whole movie. Like I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it was it was pretty slim. Um, and and now they've added this entire dimension of of uh, you know me caring for these these background characters, right? Yeah. Uh, and the Clone Wars really does that well. Like Clone Wars really does that well. Um, as we've seen, like all these Jedi from Episode Two that we just saw in the arena pop up for a couple seconds, um, you know, they're we're now actually they're getting voices and they're getting fighting styles and they're getting uh, you know relationships with with other Jedi that we know on screen, right? Like. Uh, like Anakin and Adi Gallia in the in the cockpit, just having this little friendly banter about uh, you know the ship flying down hallways and everything like that. Like like mm-hmm. it's 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 cool. Like it's, it's fun to see Anakin get cocky with you know Jedi who aren't Obi Wan and Ahsoka, right? Um, so like it's it kind of builds this community. Like Anakin is a part of this uh, this community of 
people, right? Um, yeah. And before the Jedi were in the military, like that's exactly what they are. They're almost like a monastery, right? Like like they're basically like a like a giant uh, like monkery place, right? Um, when they were truly, you know, peaceful guardians of you know peace and justice and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, by the end of all this, um, there's a bit of a kerfuffle where uh Laquane has to trust Rex as the last line of defense uh to defend his family right mm-hmm. against the commando droids low powered commando droids I might point out because um it it, it uh, it's worth mentioning that because one commando droid is like like super tough right like like those guys not only regenerate but you know as we saw from when Eth Cost was fighting grievous like you know they can survive without their legs right yeah um and uh from the get-go in this episode when we see that uh escape pod full of uh commando droids uh walking towards the ship uh or, or the uh, sorry the house um they're kind of sparking they're kind of uh you know like not really held together too well so um yeah they're low power commando droids which makes them a lot easier to fight uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it's, uh, it, that was a good fight scene. You mentioned to me right after that episode, you're like, Oh, I like that scene in the house. That was awesome. Yeah, it was, it was a nice scene. Um, it, one thing to add on that, it's, it's cool to see one thing I noticed is that even though <laughs> we've got one injured clone, you know, we've got Rex, he's injured. He's got one arm. Then we have our deserter here and I don't know. They don't specify how long he's been out of the war for, but you know, he's, he's got a family. He's got two kids. They look to be, you know, under 10 above five in that region kind of thing. Um, but you know, he's got a full on family and when it's time to, you know, pull the blasters out and fight, like it's like he never left. So I thought, I thought it was kind of cool to see that. Like, yeah, you know, like, They've been distanced. They distance themselves, but they never forget. Right? Yeah. So it's cool to see that. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, that's a good point because they're bred to fight, right? So like exactly. his entire previous life before having a family, like not only has it literally been written in his blood, like on his DNA, like the the fact that they've coded these clones in their bodies to to be, you know, the most responsive, the most loyal, the most, uh, you know, like like battle ready that they can be and all this stuff right like the perfect soldier that's that's the whole point of Django fed is that you know they they elected a, a bounty hunter for all people because he was the perfect candidate to be the template clone um as what would be a perfect soldier right mm-hmm. so uh which is also you know as far as fighting and everything goes and discipline uh that's what makes boba fett so um you know deadly as well right like because because yeah. you know him and Django both same blood uh, yeah same blood uh and as far as boba is compared to the rest of clones it's completely unmodified and uh you know like un unaltered unmodified just pure genetic replication you know quote unquote you know for that camino one um uh-huh. and uh you know that makes boba really something special because Django's kind of number one thing aside from money was that was the only thing he requested as as payment, and uh, for him it was important to leave a legacy behind after he was gone, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and yeah, and 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 now of course we're seeing it in this clone trooper too. Like 
he's got a family, right? Like he's leaving a legacy behind. He's got children to look after. Um, so even though he's not Django Fett, uh, like the the motive to have a family is still there. And, um, you know, whether that be with a Twi'lek woman or whatever, um, you know, this is a soldier, a clone who kind of like Rex thinks that, you know, the Republic is all that's out there for him. And at the end of the day, when he has his kind of revelation, uh, when, uh, uh, when he runs away from, from his certain death, uh, you know, that's kind of the moment for him, the, the turning point, you know, um, yeah. and, uh, and, you know, ends up in the same shoes as, you know, his template clone is Django Fed. He's, he's leaving a family behind. He's leaving a legacy behind. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gets Rex to be that kind of last line of defense when his house is under attack. Um, but uh, I thought it was pretty cool. The fact that he has like a whole gun rack and everything. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Like, it's like know, he never left. Just, like just like for that one left. scenario, yeah. right? Like, oh, what exactly. if, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, exactly. And he was just prepared. For so. scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then by the end of the episode, of course, like, you know, we see Rex hop on his horse and kind of ride west into the sunset like a cowboy who's just kind of come back from uh, the depths of hell or something like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, it was very cool. Very cool episode. Very Western in a way yeah. with the element of the, you know, with the element of the Republic and the Clone Wars still going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, did you have anything else kind of written down for that episode? Uh, no, but kind of just thinking out through our conversation, uh, kind of thinking like we have all these clones. They're based off of Jango Fett, right? But mm-hmm. come episode three, come Order 66, then we have A New Hope. Now they're called Stormtroopers, right? So, yeah. like, aside from Finn, right, in, in the uh, sequel trilogy, you know, the, the abortion trilogy, as I like to call it, um, <laughs> <laughs> like, aside from Finn, like, how are they still getting all these clones? Are they still the same number of clones left off from the war? Because a lot of them, died. millions, maybe even billions of them died, right? So how do they keep getting these clones? Are they recruiting people? Like, I, I oh, always, yeah. I've always wondered that. And I just kind of really, it just kind of popped in my head. Um, yeah, by the time of the Empire, um, cloning facilities were shut down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, so like in the time between um, episode three and four, uh, like all the all the clones are, you know, their 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 growth has been accelerated, right? So not only will they die off a lot quicker, but um, they, uh, you know, they're they're the empire doesn't go to Camino for for clone support. Mm-hmm. Uh, they end up doing galactic wide recruitment, like you know, ah. just, just recruiting uh, recruiting people. Imperial propaganda is kind of like the big thing about the empire. It's um, it's uh. It's supposed to kind of resemble that very socialist government, uh, you know, very kind of Nazi-like, you know, military. Yeah. Uh, that's that's kind of the idea behind the empire, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like, uh, and that goes in uh, that that kind of gets a little more twisted when we go to the First Order because the First Order they don't exactly recruit people; they just kidnap children when they're kids. And yeah. then train them to be mindless, you know, uh, troopers. In in the Force Awakens, there's an interesting kind of throwaway line, which um, uh, Kylo Ren says something to General Hux when they're talking about Finn being a deserter, um, and uh, and he says, uh, you know, perhaps uh, 
we should have considered uh, do, uh, making a clone army or something like that. It, it was some sort of like little throwaway reference to the fact that a clone army is still possible to do. It's just mm-hmm. not not what they've chosen to do, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, uh, th- yeah. Thanks for bringing up the new trilogy, though, um, because yeah, Finn is a deserter. Like Finn yeah. is a, you know, Finn is in kind of a Cutler Quain scenario where uh, he's realized, like, hey, I'm not cut out for this. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to be this expendable person. Uh, in in Cut's case, uh, it was a matter of his own life, but in Finn's case, it was a matter of somebody else's. Yeah. So in Finn's case, he chose not to fire his blaster at a bunch of innocent villagers, right? And in Cut's case, he chose to run instead of just being the the helpless, useless kind of piece of property that these other people kind of view him as, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that to me is like a, a very powerful parallel right there as well, because um, here is two people who have known nothing other than being in a military for a government that has never benefited them at all. And you can have this really kind of, you know, this powerful turning moment for them. Right. Um, so that's, that's a good point. That's a very mm-hmm. good point. Um, yeah. Is that all you got for this one? Or? Um, yeah, kind of like, uh, uh, sorry, I'm just looking at my notes here. Um, yeah, no worries. Cause then we just got the the third one. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I think. I think that's. I think that's, that's it. it for me on that one. Yeah. That. That's all I got written down for that one. <clears throat> Did you get anything from? Uh, so. The, so the last episode then that we watched was lightsaber lost. Uh, Ahsoka loses her lightsaber to a scumbag fish guy who, you know, try is is going to attempt to sell it on the black market and which talks like an and, Italian. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> so uh so the, yeah the uh the the whole episode was uh, <laughs> the whole episode was really um that was a uh, throwaway if you ask me that was a throwaway like yeah you're not yeah. a huge fan of Soka as a character but um, well, no, I, I, I'm, I don't like i don't i'm not she hasn't grown on me fully like do i kind of hate her yeah kind of but like but like meh but at the same time like yeah. that episode like i mean come on that was yeah that was it was kind of a growth moment for ahsoka like there's there's not a whole lot to talk about other than yeah. the fact that kind of she learned a lesson about her lightsaber right she's got that lesson learning moment that all the jedi get which is this weapon is your life you know like that and that yeah like just all the all the typical talk that obi-wan gives anakin in episode two about his lightsaber when he loses it right yeah, the, and, the exact uh, same thing happens, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and we see that echoed twice through the movie. Like, he loses it once in the beginning, and then he loses it once at the end. It gets chopped in half in the droid factory, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he's like, oh, Obi-Wan's going to kill me. And, you know, oh, Ahsoka has that moment as well where she's like, oh, my master's going to kill me if he finds out that I lost it. So um, a lot of kind of mirroring going on there. But, um yeah, she loses her lightsaber and and all that. But anyway, she goes to this the the, the Jedi library, the Jedi archives, and she meets uh, an interesting old guy, old Jedi master. That um, he's quite a slow slow fellow, and mm-hmm. uh, he's got a cool lightsaber built into his cane, mm-hmm. which is like white. And I don't know. You mentioned that you liked it. 
I did. Good. I found I found it pretty. It was pretty pimp. Like this guy, you know, moves super slow. Very wise though in what he in what yeah. he does. Like he's and and he, there's like a, a Yoda moment, character of some yeah, kind. yeah yeah yeah. Like and he mentions to Ahsoka like you gotta slow down and stuff. And like uh, if you relax, you know, you're too anxious. If you relax, then you would know that fish is here. And then yeah. sure enough, they blast through the door, and then he's there, and he, yeah. Ahsoka's like, "Where's my, where's my lightsaber?" And starts to like interrogate him. And very Anakin-like interrogation too. Very, she gets very yeah. like in his face, very angry. Yeah, you know, forces him against the wall, starts to choke him a little bit, and yeah, you know, like yeah, like um, definitely life-threatening interrogation. Definitely not a Jedi thing to do. Mm-hmm. And this other Jedi Master notices that and is like he he goes like Ahsoka, you know, he's like really angry and <laughs> yeah. and she kind of like stops herself from from you know and I don't know it always stands out to me that that's like oh wow like definitely not falling far from the tree like she's she's yeah. Anakin's apprentice that's for sure definitely um, definitely yeah uh, but uh, it was cool to see another chasing a Coruscant again now the last time we saw chasing a Coruscant was. Um, well, I guess it was like Attack of the Clones, right? Yeah, Something pretty much. Like yeah, it's like yeah. Sam Westall's speeder yeah. chase. Yeah, and that's it. She gets shot with a dart, and that's it. Yeah. So yeah. So this was kind of an interesting chase. There was an interesting chasing in this one where where Ahsoka's chasing this Django jumper, um, uh, you know, person, this woman uh, who's got her lightsaber, stolen her lightsaber, and mm-hmm. um, you know, she's chasing her around the city a little bit, and she gets away, but. Did you um, notice that her hilt? Sorry, did you notice her hilt looks a lot like Anakin's, like Ahsoka's? Oh, Ahsoka's lightsaber. Yeah, it is. It is to mirror Anakin's a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, on on a bit of a close up, uh, if you look at her lightsaber, um, it is very um, kind of almost. Uh, yeah, it it definitely has that resemblance. Mm-hmm. Uh, it almost looks like Anakin's little the the top of the lightsaber with that angled part does almost look like it's got two of those and then a split down the center right yeah um, yeah so very yeah very um very similar about that and i i don't know if it's uh if it's canon or not but i'll just throw it out there anyways but um i believe that the the um the padawans typically out of respect for the master normally make their lightsaber to uh pay homage to their master's lightsaber Mm-hmm. That, that's typically kind of how it goes from what i from what i understand from some source that i read somewhere but um yeah which which also kind of it's kind of funny because anakin's light there bears no resemblance to obi-wan's at all like, and that's what I, it's funny you mentioned that because now thinking about it if you think about qui-gon's if you jump mm-hmm. back to phantom menace think yeah. about qui-gon's hilt right then you look at obi-wan's the pommels like the whole thing it's totally different right yeah like so i i don't know like that's an interesting point it could be maybe some padawans do it like to respect their master some don't some have the choice of i don't know maybe it could be a uh depending on age like whether they have to do it as per a code thing or as a respect thing they want to do it do that with choice i don't i don't know that's an interesting point yeah, exactly. Well, and Qui Gon's lightsaber had a lot of chrome to it, but um, yeah. But on the other side, it still had uh, a quite a bit of silver, and I don't know. Like, like there's definitely like they both have the big red button in common. 
Yes. Um, yes. And, uh, and yeah. And, you know, I, it makes me think, um, cause if you look at Qui-Gon's lightsaber and then you look at Obi-Wan's second lightsaber, um, it's almost as if his second lightsaber bears a little more resemblance to Qui-Gon's than his first one does. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's with, aside from like the thin neck, the, the, the emitter on the top and then how it kind of fun, funnels in a little bit and then goes a little more straight like if you if you put those two kind of side by side uh they do have quite a bit of resemblance um mm-hmm. Qui-Gon's just being the more basic of the two but uh but yeah like that's typically kind of the way things are you know it's it's kind of like a subtle you know paid homage of of like oh yeah this is the master you know being respected by the apprentice kind of thing right mm-hmm. and you know it's interesting to me that we never see that even though anakin and obi-wan are like brothers and in episode two he calls him the closest thing he's got to a father mm-hmm. uh, it's it's always been interesting to me that his lightsaber has never you know purposely resembled his masters at all mm-hmm. right um now oh, but, of course but another interesting thing on that is that if you look take a look at a new hope when yeah. vader and obi-wan duel and vader strikes him down and we fall we see a glimpse of obi-wan's you know hilt and lightsaber that he's been using since episode three um and you kind of compare it well that's an awful lot like uh you know return of the jedi luke's when he has a great when he has a green one it's pretty much the exact same thing the thin neck you know like it so, yeah, Luke's lightsaber is is kind of built off of uh, Obi Wan's schematics, actually. Yeah, so yeah. it's interesting to see where like certain people do it, certain Jedi don't. Like, I yeah, mm-hmm. there's definitely it might, an it art might be a choice there. thing. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely an art form there, which um, which you know, if you look very closely, like you can definitely start to see the resemblance. And then also the, the, how the Vader lightsaber is almost like a darker version of Anakin's, Anakin's lightsaber, right? Or, Mm -hmm. or, or, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And even if you look up Anakin's lightsaber from episode two, that has a lot of resemblance to Darth Vader's lightsaber with, with minus the fact that his Vader's got a lot more kind of black on it, but yeah. um, But yeah, it's like, they've all kind of got those, vertical grips on them with the 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 thick pommel that's got the angled bit on it yeah um, and then the the mid kind of strapped area with the the box like the rectangular box activator switch on the side right mm-hmm. that's yeah. kind of always been the the style that they've gone with uh, or that he's gone with mm-hmm. uh, so yeah the, the like lightsaber lightsaber making in in the there's actually there is a, a lightsaber making episode in the Clone Wars, which we'll get uh, later on in the show, but uh, but Perfect. yeah, they, they do kind of get into the art of of uh, Jedi making their lightsabers, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and they do go to Ilum and get their lightsaber crystal and and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, um, I don't know, going back to the episode here. Just um, did you notice uh, that one that one guy? Um, I forget the name of the alien species there, but he was running a restaurant. And then, you know, Ahsoka's like, hey, are we here to build, buy a lightsaber? And then and then he's like, oh, yes, um, follow me. And, you know, he, he pretty much goes out the side door into, like, you know, the back alley kind of thing. But it's just mm-hmm. like a side alley. <laughs> yeah. He's got this, 
his buddy like hanging out by the speeder like kind of right like next to the street it's like man like some sketchy business he's got going on it's like Mm -hmm. illegal arms dealer like hanging out like by his like sushi restaurant (laughs) oh man ready to Um, sell some crack yeah yeah exactly some uh, some death sticks (laughs) yeah 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 Uh, yeah but uh I don't know. There, there wasn't like a crazy amount of talk about, I, I guess, you know, the, the, the most important thing about it is that, you know, she gets her light to her back and everything, but uh, when she gets back to the Jedi temple, um, you know, going through this ordeal with that, uh, with the Jedi master that she was with, uh, she learned a great deal about patience and uh, the fact that this weapon is your life and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess what always really kind of brings me back to the fact that this is star Wars is, um, you know, Yoda is there teaching all the, the Padawans and everything like that. And uh, she he basically tells Ahsoka to kind of share what she's learned, right? To pass on what what you've learned. And this is this is also what Math, Master Sanube, I think is, is his name, mm-hmm. who's there on the mission with her, um, tells her to do, right? Um, you know, when she says, uh, you know, how can I, you know, repay you? Like, like you've just helped me out and everything like that. And then he goes pass on what you've learned right just the same as how yoda says to luke you know pass on what you have learned right and and this is very rooted in star wars like this is a generational thing um it's something that keeps not only the jedi order alive but um you know they value the the lessons learned by uh by jedi before them right um which is what makes them the masters in the end um, mm-hmm. after they've endured enough to be a master. It's not always about lightsaber combat, right? Like it's about just being a wise Jedi as well. Just like learning about the force, learning about um, kind of their duties as a Jedi, but then also being just very uh, good at acting on them. And just, you know, it's not always about following the code and all this and that, which is where the Jedi kind of lose their way. It's about, uh, you know, following the force and and just being this kind of ideal, um, you know, picture perfect Jedi that hopefully we get in the High Republic era. But um, but yeah, like it's uh, that always kind of stands out to me. And um, you know, and and you know, one of the sequel films, um, The Last Jedi, like it's a very uh, prominent film in in displaying through the entire movie. In fact, that. Uh, you know, that failure is the the best, the greatest teacher, you know, failure is, um, you know, the, uh, the greatest form of, uh, of learning is knowing what not to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, and I would say Ahsoka learned a very large lesson on this one. Um, but now her duty is to pass on what she's learned to the next generation of Jedi. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 uh, it's kind of a similar, more friendly philosophy than the Sith, right? Uh, with the rule of two, one killing the next, and then becoming the master, and then recruiting the apprentice who then kills the master, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And through that, through that evolution, you get kind of the Sith becoming more, more and more powerful as time goes by, because not only are they learning from all the secrets that the master has to give them, but uh, but they're also uh, you know, like besting them, taking that knowledge with them and then passing that on to their apprentice who then kills them and then 
gets even better and better and better, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's kind of like the the more friendly kind of light sided version of that. But uh, but each each kind of forced religion has their own um, own way of you know creating their own legacy for sure. Yeah, so, definitely. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's all I got for that. But um, first time we see a white saber, a, a white saber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly a white saber uh that is the first time and it won't be the last yeah uh, little nod to uh to any star wars rebels fans out there listening but uh but yeah like it's um it's it's kind of the first uh that we see and uh yeah we'll see we'll see something like that again so mm-hmm. uh i don't know you got anything else or do you want to talk about your uh you got a subject you want to bring up i think that's it as far as the episodes go for me um but thank you for reminding me um jumping back to a note i had earlier uh earlier this week i was watching a bunch of uh star wars uh fan films and fan shorts on uh, youtube there and there's a lot there's a lot of good ones there's a lot of meh ones uh but just some that i'd like to recommend i mean i'm sure as every uh, as you know people who have been here from the beginning they know that i am not a fan at all of the uh, abortion trilogy some of you know it as the sequel trilogy <clears throat> but um like kylo ren for example character i i despise right um i'm not going to get into too much detail over that but um you can listen to our review on uh rise of skywalker on how i feel about uh those movies if you want to hear uh, my uh, honest opinion but anyways um <clears throat> there's one there's one short on youtube there it's a fan fan short that's it's called uh uh kylo ren versus vader actually you know what hold bear with me one second i'm gonna find it on youtube so you guys have an accurate name and you can watch it but uh for being for having kylo ren in it i thought it was actually decent so that to me says a lot um I just found it cool. Yeah. Okay. So it's called, uh, perfect. So it's called Kylo Ren versus Darth Vader force of darkness, a star Wars fan film. Excuse me. It's, uh, when I watched it, I was like, Oh, like this is, this is a battle that, you know, just by the name, it's pretty self-explanatory, but it's a battle that we would never see. Right. If anything, it would be something that we would probably see in Kylo Ren's head but we mm-hmm. just never saw it. Um, Actually, interestingly enough, um, that you've now that you mentioned it, in the unproduced episode nine script done by Colin Trevorrow, uh, it was going to be called Duel of Fates. I think I briefly talked about it with you, right? There I think was, so. Yeah, so it was before J.J. Abrams was kind of re-brought back into the fold to make episode nine, which yeah. became The Rise of Skywalker. But the original script that they had finished and had already started doing concept art for was called Duel of Fates. Mm-hmm. And it was the original episode nine, right? So this is going back like two years now to pre-production of that film. But um, in that film, there was going to be a sequence where Kylo Ren goes to this Sith planet to uh, find a ancient kind of Sith Lord person, mentor or whatever, um, who sends him into a uh, a, a little part of the planet, like an, a cave or whatever, very similar to how Luke is sent into a, a, the cave on Dagobah by Yoda, but it would have been like a dark side, like an even more dark kind of uh, vortex of the force, right? So Kylo Ren has a vision of himself fighting Darth Vader in this cave, and he just gets whooped 
Like, like Kylo Ren gets beat so bad. And as a result of this, his anger leads him to kill this Sith Lord mentor person. Um, and, uh, um, I, I believe something else happens that, which ends up ruining his face or whatever, but, um, he opens up this holocron, which like releases a bunch of lightning on him and whatever. But, um, uh, anyway, point being, uh, he does in that version of the, of the film, which I actually, you know, I actually like a lot of parts of that script. Uh, there's, it's a bit of a controversy thing, but, mm-hmm. uh, but actually I like I, that part really stood out to me as like, Whoa, this would have been really cool to see. Like people love Darth Vader. It would have been cool to see, you know, his grandson who's obsessed over him, right. Fight him and then get completely just destroyed in the, in the fight in his mm-hmm. vision. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and then, <laughs> and then have another classic Kylo Ren temper tantrum about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would have been really cool, but, uh, but yeah, no, the, uh, this fan film does a really good job at like giving us at least that picture, except it ends a little differently. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I'm not going to say any spoilers there, but get, give it a watch. It's pretty decent. It's kind of short. It's only, uh, yeah, it's only like 10 minutes long, but like in those 10 minutes, by so fast they do blow by so fast because I, what i've noticed is that it doesn't matter uh like again my opinion i don't like uh the disney star wars films at all but a lot of these fan films that these guys take the time to do it like i would gladly pay money for 20 minutes like another one i i want to bring up here for example I'm sure a lot of guys have seen it. I mean, it's got 25 million views. I'm staring at the video right now. It's It came out four years ago, but it's called Darth Maul Apprentice, a Star Wars fan film. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you have seen it, um, but I'm not going to spoil anything for the ones who haven't. But it, it, you watch it. I mean, it's fantastic. The 20 minutes, or sorry, eight, 17 minutes, 49 seconds that that film is... I to me it, I would have been so much happier to pay and see that in the theaters because you can tell these people love Star Wars whereas Disney I really do feel that they've kind of what so they funny. did was they 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 care about the money and it's all this is it's not it's no secret right but um a lot of these fan films like they're good like they're it's sad that they're short but like they're they're good another a couple you know a couple good honorable mentions here uh sorry i gotta scroll down here uh another one that i'm sure a lot of people have seen but when i saw it it freaking blew my mind i was i was like you know on cloud nine about this it's called star wars sc38 reimagined and this is basically uh the scene in a new hope episode four where obi-wan and darth vader duel all these years since uh revenge uh revenge of the sith episode three and we see this as like uh you know the 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 battle in the in the originals the battle scenes they're cheesy they're they're, they have weight behind them but they're cheesy we all know this um but the way that they do this in this sc 38 reimagined it's uh I don't think it'd be far-fetched to see them duel like this because uh, you've obviously seen it, right, Josh? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's like the ex- it's the extended fight uh, from Episode 4 on the Death Star, basically. Exactly. So you, 
I don't think it's far-fetched to say that at that age, Obi-Wan could pull off the moves that he does in that. And I don't think it'd be far-fetched to see Vader, you know, kind of do do a swim with a lightsaber, throw something, like choke someone. And like, it kind of, similar how to how we see in Rogue One at the ending, that's a, an amazing ending scene. Uh, I will say I do really like that part of that movie. Um, but even even, you know, fast forward to what 20 some years later in in uh a new hope i don't think that he vader has slowed down that much that they're you know he he fights like that unfortunately he does in the movies but um Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i do think if they did it like that like oh man it would be could you imagine the fight scenes we'd have in, in Empire Strikes Back and then Return of the Jedi? Oh, yeah. Like they, they'd they be were, crazy. If they were done like the prequels, yeah, for sure. Oh man, like they they would be crazy. Like it. <laughs> like, it's an evolution of uh, choreography too, right? So like, definitely, definitely, the concept of the lightsaber changed over time. At first, they were supposed to be very heavy things. Yeah, and then and then uh, you know when Episode Five rolled around, like you know the idea. Kind kind of came about that uh, they they were very well like light and you know like a lightsaber right yeah. but I think George's initial thought was that they were going to be very heavy things to to wield uh, which mm-hmm. you know that that idea changed very quickly but um, yeah it's just the the evolution of building that world and and you know you know there's going to be like some minor hiccups along the way in terms of continuity. But, mm. uh, but yeah, like this is the kind of fan film that's like, you take a look at it and it's like, whoa, like, you know, I, if I were to make a fan edit of the film, like this would slot right in there. Like this oh, would yeah. slot right into the official thing. Yeah. Like, I don't, like I was saying, I don't think that it would be crazy to imagine them fighting like that. You know, they're not going to do, you know, moves from Revenge of the Sith. It's just not going to happen, especially at that age. Vader, he's a robot essentially at this point. Obi-Wan, he's an old man. Uh, like, you know, they're, they're past, <laughs> much past their prime, but their power is just, you know, through the roof at this point. Just, you know, speed has obviously slowed down and father time has yeah. caught, up, caught up with them. But, um, yeah, I mean, it would be so sweet to see the movies like that. Um, a couple other ones that are really good uh, mentions to watch. Uh, there's one, there's a channel on YouTube called Star Wars Theory, um, and it's it's a guy who who basically sits down, talks about some theories that's like, oh, I could I could really see that. And it's some of them are yeah, a, a lot of canon stuff, a lot of just kind of spitballing and theory. And it's like, oh wow, like I could I could really see that happening, or I don't know. But is it interesting? It's interesting to see things through his point of view. But anyways, uh, he's he's a huge fan. And he made this um, he made this little fan short. It's called Vader Episode One: Shards of the Past, a Star Wars theory fan film. Uh, it's got 16 million views, which is kind of, I think, a, an insult. I think it really needs a lot more than that because of all the ones I've seen uh, in terms of fan films, that's the best, in my opinion. Uh, along with Star Wars uh, Scene 38 Reimagined. I think those two really hit it home because this, I'm not going to spoil it, but let's just say that this Vader episode, Shards of the Past, it takes place in a time where we really see Vader kind of still, you know, he's not, it's not 
it's like a couple years after episode three. It's a couple. It's a couple years after. You know, he's not past his prime. He's 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 still a robot. His power is just crazy at this point. He's pr- picture the moves and and just the 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 force and the anger and the display of power that we see at the end of Rogue One. That is is the that's the timeline just to kind of give you guys a, a, a an estimate of like where we're at but it, it's just it's so good like and and he obviously had a budget for this but like you can just see like when the dollar amount goes up in the in the fan films like they just get exponentially better like this guy had a oh, budget yeah. you know whether it was from a gofundme accounts or whatever he obviously you know he had people with him for this and like yeah, he I'm did super have a campaign going. He had a campaign Definitely. going for a long time. Yeah, so he's he's currently trying to fund the next parts of his five part uh, story arc that he's planning to do. Yeah, which is going to be amazing. I mean, I can't wait. Like, if it were me and I was doing these five parts, when they come out is when they come out. You know, uh, that's no push. I'd rather wait and get the quality right than crank them out right. But um, like. I mean, I, I can't wait to see what this guy comes up with. Because in that first episode, like, uh, I'm telling you guys, in the first, you know, three, four minutes of this episode, I, I'm like, I'm shaking. I'm so excited. Like, it, it, it was crazy the first time I, I remember when I it. showed it to you the first time. You were just, like, so ecstatic about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was, I was, I was loving it, right? And I've seen it. I've seen it a couple times now. But every time I watch it, I'm like, yes, this is, this is stuff that we don't really see and it's like what if this was shown like it would be crazy right but it's it's just cool to see you know the community and the fans like that they they do this and it's like it's awesome right i can't wait till episode two not gonna spoil it but these are just a couple mentions like the kylo versus vader the darth maul one gray jedi uh the vader episode shards of the past like there's just I haven't even gone through all of them. There's a few other ones that I saw uh, earlier this week, but I didn't really, I didn't really go um, deep into it because I didn't, I didn't feel that they were uh, the best. But still, cool to see. Um, but at any rate, I mean, it, it's I can't wait to see what this guy comes up with, and it will be so sweet if you know at the end of it, uh, he's got I don't know five episodes or four episodes or whatever and then he groups them together and makes a short like a mini movie out of it like it would be fantastic like um just in the first episode you can already tell like it's going to be great so i'm i'm really looking forward to it like i can't wait for that episode to come out it'll be amazing um yeah yeah oh totally yeah uh there was another one that came out recently um I think uh, I forget what it's called now. I think it was uh, it was an Obi Wan Kenobi inspired um, Kenobi fan film. Let me just look it up here. Uh, yeah, a Star Wars fan film, uh, Kenobi, um, and I th- I th- it's eighteen minutes, almost nineteen minutes long. Did you did you see that one? No, I saw it, but I never like I I just saw the 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 thumbnail come up, but I never actually watched it. Unfortunately. Okay. All right. Well, I'll send you the link, uh, but it's, it's actually pretty good. You should check that out um, at, at some point. Cause that one's also kind of worthy of adding to the list there as well. Mm-hmm. But 
Yeah. On on a uh, on the topic of Obi Wan Kenobi, uh, we all I'm sure a lot of people are know that uh, Ewan McGregor is going to be uh, starring as Obi Wan Kenobi once more, which I'm uh, super yeah. excited about. Like it's gonna be crazy. But uh, I I'm watching here. It says Kenobi, a Star Wars story, first look concept trailer, Ewan McGregor, a Star Wars movie. So it may not even be a real trailer. I'm just gonna kind of play it's, it. It's, on the, it's not. It's not a real trailer, but yeah. the the, uh, the Disney Plus series will be coming out in, uh, I believe it's in a year a year's time from now or so, or mm-hmm. a, a year and a half. But okay, uh, yeah, I just found a Obi Wan Kenobi Disney Plus 2020. Released. So it's a uh, it's actually yeah, a teaser trailer and. Back. I kind of put it on uh, to, mute here. I'm watching, uh, and that is his role. Yeah, and, that's definitely uh, that looks like McGregor. Yeah, um, but it looks yeah, it looks pretty cool. I mean, I it's probably okay, just a fan fan edit uh, fan edit trailer of some kind. I I don't know. I'll send you the link right now before yeah before I get too deep into it. Uh, we can probably watch it after our podcast here, but I'll send you the link right now before I forget. Sure. Um, one second here. Uh, yeah, but um, anyway, <laughs> did you have anything? Oh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah no problem. Um, yeah, did you have anything to kind of add on uh, on anything we chatted about today, or should we? No, I think I think we should call it. I mean, that's pretty much it. Just. Um, yeah, I think that's it for me personally. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well. Uh, anyway, thanks. Uh, thanks for coming back on the show as always and joining us. Thank right you. Here in the Cantina Star Wars Escape Pod. We'll uh, we'll chat again soon with uh, more Clone Wars. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. In the meantime, to all you listeners out there, um, you know, check out those check out those fan videos, right? Yeah. Stay safe and wash your hands. You know, in this yeah. whole pandemic going on. So. Yeah. yeah. All right, thanks Diego for uh, coming back on the show And uh, always great to have you So, to all you listeners out there Hopefully we're keeping you entertained at home Uh, If you're sitting in quarantine, a lot of people are uh, Like us, you know uh, Just uh, doing what the government tells us to do And uh, yet we got to keep entertained So, uh, you know, for a lot of you guys I mean, sitting at home listening to Star Wars podcasts Or uh, entertaining hosts like ourselves So uh, for that, I appreciate very much Because, uh, you know, just getting that listener count up there It's just cool Like, you know, we we just do this as a hobby Like, it's not like we get paid or anything like that But uh, but it's, uh, it's definitely motivating You know, to see that people listen uh, it, it does help kind of motivate us making more of these more of these episodes. So, um, yeah, follow us our Twitter, uh, SW Escape Podcast. It's in the description below. And uh, the escapepodoutlook.com. Shoot us a voice memo. Get in touch with us. Maybe, like, shoot us a question or, like, a comment or something like that. Uh, we can play it right here on the show and then just, like, talk about it, whatever. Uh, so, I mean, anything, anything... Uh, in regards to the fan films that we we're talking about this past week, maybe uh, shoot us a voice memo on that. What is your favorite uh, fan film that you've ever seen? And uh, have you maybe done a fan film in the past? Uh, let us know. Um, and uh, we'd be uh, very happy to watch that. So uh, thank you all for listening. And uh, we'll catch you all next time right here on Star Wars Escape Pod. Once again, my name is Josh. And may the force be with you. It's like-